Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on in to the 69th nice episode of the Wide World of Wargaming's next week's segment. I am your host, Vincent Borgato. Joining me, as per the usual, Mr. Jeff Wilder. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Drew Bishop. Ooh, hello there. That is an appropriate change in uh, in in modifying the meme for the 69th episode. Uh, yeah. We have two things of import to discuss this week. Number one, me and Jeff are going to tee off on Vassal and TTS, and oh, are we going to enjoy it. And we're going to talk about the Gold Squadron podcast, Sydney Space Jam uh, Championship. Congratulations to Mr. Wouter. I'm just going to say Wouter, because uh, I know if I try that last name, I will blow it, for winning with a, Slo- a Rack Sloan Mini Swarm, Weren't which has been popping. I'm sorry? You're going to 69 it, not blow it? <laughs> Uh, sorry. Okay, moving on, moving on. <laughs> I opened the floodgates. I should have expected that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, for winning with a Rear Admiral Shirino uh, and uh, Admiral Sloan and four Thai Academy Mini Swarm. Uh, Jeff, you and I have been playing probably about an equivalent amount of games online. This list popped up probably, what, like a month ago, and all of a sudden everyone is playing it? I mean, it's, it's crazy. There are two... What, there's one that won it, and there's one that made the top eight with it. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's like, who knew? Uh, this this is kind of what we were all hoping would happen. In even with you know with so many games that kind of yes they are competitive and they, these are paid events, but they aren't they really are of of minimal consequence like these aren't system opens you know um and so people are being that little extra step more creative like racket a mini swarm not only that can we talk about the fact that admiral sloan might be the best crew card no one has used up to this point i Uh, used her yeah Yeah. she went through a period of pretty solid use but the thing about it was her heyday was uh, as crew on whisper Yep, yep. And that was that was one of the reasons that Whisper lost crew, actually. Yes, it was. Well, that invader. Yeah, that invader. Yep, yep. But yeah, but, no, I but, took it. Oh, sorry. No, go. No, no, go ahead. Drew. Um, I took it to um, and I'm just gonna, you know, of course, because it's 69. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toot my own horn. Um, uh, I took her on flexible? Whisper. I took her to. Uh, I took her on Whisper uh, to the uh, Minoc Open. Not at all. And, uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was just I was trying to figure out a way to – is he just the six or is he just the nine? I don't really know how it worked. Why not both? Yeah. Um, but I took her on Whisper and gave Garrett Joss, the guy that won the Minoc Open, um, for what he said was his hardest game um, all weekend uh, with with my Whisper. So I was like, ooh, that's – I guess I guess I'm still good somewhere in this world. <laughs> Yeah, oh, like yeah, Sloan is. Uh, I feel like Sloan is actually one of the most widely applicable crew cards that isn't direct damage, just because of how much the meta relies on double repositions and like mod into a stress reposition. Right, right. But the problem is the the crew sh- the crew card the 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 ships that have crew that can take Sloan. I mean, most lists, you know, especially these elite ace ones, you know, should just be targeting rack first. And I guess that's where the strength of the list comes from, because then you're ignoring the academies that can either pick away at, at health or just block you. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, if they can block, if they can block freely, rack can deal some serious damage. That's exactly what happened in the championship game. I mean, he, the, the, the who was it? Uh, was it Eno? Um, yeah. Number two. No, no, no. He was. Uh, wait a minute. It was the. It was. It was a Vader. Oh, it was Vader Brath. He played Sebastian in the round of four. Captain Sebastian with Rexler, uh, Rexler Brath, and Darth Vader, and he bet everything basically on Vader and Rexler getting rid of uh, of Rack. And Vader died without Rack dying, and then Rexler just got picked apart off of one or two bad maneuvers. Welcome to the Tie Defender. I mean, it was that was definitely a game that I think Sebastian would like to have back. 
I'll put it that way. Mm. But yeah, like I'm, I have never been, uh, when I was still inexperienced and new to this game, which to a certain degree I am, I still don't really take the, the decimator that seriously if I'm running more than three ships. If I'm running three, I'm afraid of it. If I'm running four, I'm going to burn it down pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, this, the thing that's great about this list is uh, passive mods. Um, yep. You know, Darth Vader is a passive mod in that it strips or does damage. Sloan's a passive mod if you're firing at somebody that's stressed and you've got multiple ways of getting people stressed. And you've got the passive mod of Ruthless if you're willing to damage your own Academy pilots who their whole job is to get up there and be Ruthless. Yeah, um, they're so, just be close and get and, and take that extra hit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and of course, Rear Admiral Sherno's power his, himself is a uh, passive mod. So uh, as long as he's got that reinforce so it's uh you know it's it's kind of the same thing it's uh still an still impressive to me just because when sherno was a big deal back in the day it was because of boosting and uh there's no moth jergerod or anything on this on this build so yeah that, that doesn't boosting boosting and free damage right like i i i, I show this story just to to show how toxic 1.0 was but uh there was a time where my wife and i um were testing for a regionals and with chernu being able to boost and darth vader deal two damage to yourself to deal a face-up damage card to your opponent we played seven games and four of the seven games soon tier, her soon tier fell got to make one movement and one shot at range three and then died Oh, sorry. And then, of course, Gunner, you miss the shot, deal them a face-up damage card. And then you Gunner, miss the shot, deal them a face-up damage card. Like, Chernu, Chernu was, like, Fen Rao from Scum didn't exist because that was a thing. Like, yep. he's, he's a monster in 1.0, and he's still very strong in 2.0. Yeah, so this is a, this, with other than the exception of boosting, this is very much, this is, Heading toward that 1.0 combo wing thing that we've uh, that we've seen uh, that's starting to become more prevalent. Yeah, I mean, luckily you're talking about it's on a ship with if you put if you can get rid of the the reinforce and I mean jam is not common but there are ways to get it and I think basically everybody should be starting to include jam in their list somewhere. Just because if you run into some of these, you know, some of these lists that'll just combo off crazy, you need to be able to stop it. Uh, Rack becomes a lot less good without that reinforce. Just overall. I was yeah. gonna say Poe Poe with jamming beam. I know I saw some of that a long time ago. If this list becomes that prevalent, you might start to see it. Yeah, Maybe? I just I don't know if I would want to put the jamming beam on my best. I would much well, rather give up an action than you have my best gun not do damage. Right, right. But at the same time, too, Poe, while expensive as all heck, um, also a lot of lists that run Poe have four ships in them. So, you know, if Poe is the, you know, hey, shoot me because I'm initiative six, but I'm going to strip your token first. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. It can be. It can be interesting. That's like the only instance of jamming beam I can see useful against an initiative five ship with reinforce. Sure knows five still. I thought he was yes. Yeah. No, he's a five. That's his buddy. Um, the other one, the bumper. Uh, the bumper Morna. Uh, Morna key, and then the other one. I don't remember the other one. Oiken. Oh. Oiken's a three. Oh man, it shows shows you how much I play this game. So. <laughs> um, I think some of the other. I mean, you know, like we said, there were two. There were two copies of this list, and they are identical. Other one going to uh, Niels Voss in eighth place. I can never tell if these are people's online names or their real names. So I'm no, these are real I hope names. everyone will forgive me. These uh, two guys look like they might be um, Nordic or Netherlands. I'm going. I think I think they're Dutch. Yeah, I, I, they they look like they probably are from the same sort of uh, play group. Poor Octor Khan, the bridesmaid again. 
Yep. Yep. Three of top. <laughs> I think I, I think I said at some point in the Twitch chat. I think I called him the Villanova of of GSP Space Jams. Wow. <laughs> Jeff will get that joke. I don't know. I don't, yeah, Drew, I don't know. Villanova's got two national championships, so. Yeah, but I mean, for how for for how long was Nova like? They would make the eight or the four, and they just get bopped. Yeah. Uh, who else? Like we uh, like we mentioned, Eno, the man, uh, one of the scum masters of the world, with Boba, Dangar, and Gargor, who is absolutely hysterical, and uh, Eno reminded everyone of that again. He had a great game against uh, a resistance list. Uh, Brendan, he played Brendan Morrissey with three reds, Rose and Finn in one of the uh, one of the Swiss rounds, and they just had an amazing game. Yeah, I think Gar I started Gordo. watching that. I didn't. I didn't finish watching it, but I started watching it. Uh, so Brendan came out of that one. If I remember correctly, Brendan was Brendan won that game. I'm pretty sure, like 99. Yeah, Brendan won that game because. Boba just Boba ran out of he he timed uh, Boba Fett out. He couldn't do enough damage on the last shot. Was this in the Swiss? Yes. Okay. I was like, he couldn't have won it in the in the no. cut. Yeah. No, Brendan was uh, and it was only loss. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, the uh, <laughs> Gabriel Dirtiano with the five Zeta squads with passive and cluster missiles uh, represent. <laughs> Yeah, cluster missiles. I am. I, I made a mistake taking cluster missiles in my jank tank league. I, sh I should have taken director Krennic. They've been useless. Jeff, talk about director Krennic. Like a lot of times, he gets compared to Thane Tyrell. I think erroneously. Uh, how, does, how, does, how does how does how does So the. Basically, you can spend a result to, to strip shield. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, it's just the mechanic of spending a result, which, you know, Thane's is also what Thane's got. Um, obviously, Thane lets you flip a damage card, and uh, and Krennic lets you strip a, a shield. And, uh, and it's unavoidable, right? It's unavoidable, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's avoidable if you don't have any shields left. That's true. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's pretty good. It's pretty worth it for four points. I think Krennic is on the right ship. Uh, Especially if you're, if you're running it in, in most of the time, I think Krennic pops up in three ship empire lists, basically shuttle Vader and somebody. Yeah. Were there any, yeah. specific... sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, sure. no it's fine. Um, so I, I'm literally going to change the, the subject here. Um, were there any sp specific parameters for, um, uh, for this tournament? Were there things not run or things that were banned or something like that? No. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, the first Republic player on the list is 35th place. Jesus. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here looking at him like there's no Anakin, there's no Ricolier, no, there's no 25th. five. Twenty fifth is Republic. Oh, did I miss it? I was trying to be like ah, dang it, Jagan Wolf. Yeah, twenty fifth. But even then, I think twenty fifth is as high as they get. Yeah, and that's an interesting one to be twenty fifth. Right, that squad is something I haven't seen before. So I just on a hunch I jumped into uh, the other two space jams to see if there was any if this was something that we missed. Uh, both both of the other ones, L.A. and uh, what is what's the L.A. and Rome, they have a republic in the top sixteen. And Chicago. Too. Oh okay okay yeah I was just looking at um uh, which one the one we were looking at just now. Sydney. Sydney yeah. Uh, yeah, that I mean, that's not a good showing by Republic. That's that's really interesting. Um, I I guess it because it's extended. Republic's still pretty good in hyperspace, right? I mean, uh, the, with 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 um, what's it called? Um, oh, the the upgrade, 
that's banned in, in hyperspace. Um, yeah, calibrated. The other one, not calibrated, the other one. Um, Delta 7? Delta 7, yeah. With Delta, like, I cannot, there's no Delta 7s in the top 35. I'm like... Well, Delta 7 got a lot, Delta 7 is a lot less good with the with the points nerfed to regen. I, yeah. I suppose this is true, but again, you know, you look at what one, you know, with with rack. But I guess, I guess the swarm, the swarms, which are king here. There's so few lists with three or less ships, right? I mean, obviously, there's a lot, but you know, we're seeing the average ship that uh, the average ship count that that we're seeing is anywhere from five to six. It's going yeah, up. I would say in the top sixteen, my guess, just eyeballing it. I'm guessing the average ship count is probably four and a half. Right. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I, I think like, it might be above five. Eh, well, um, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Half of the lists are five or more ships. And six, and six of them are three ships. Uh, ooh, uh, sorry. So. Uh, uh, five of them. You, you know what? With that, with that number from Drew, I, you, you're probably right. It is somewhere I think north of four. Yeah, I think you're right too, Jeff. But even so, that's that's much that's more ships on the board than we were seeing, uh, except for droids before COVID, right? Yeah. Now here's a question: How does the racks form match up against the worlds list, and why don't we see any of it in this in in this uh, like nowhere? Oh my that, God. Guys, I just added it up. For the average ship count is four point five in the top sixteen. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Exactly four point five. That's awesome. I love it. Um, but I was gonna say, Vince, maybe maybe it's because people are bored, right? Like they know Republic is good, so they're gonna fly something else. They know Ollie's list is amazing, so they're gonna fly something else, right? Or or pick and choose, right? We have a Darth Vader soon tier Echo in um the top 16 yeah i i can't really think if you if you're the kind of player who wants to play that kind of list i can't think of much of a reason that you pick jedi over ollie's list right yep 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 i completely agree right right what i'm asking is did people i mean have does sloan hard counter the world's list uh, hard counter i mean i i just don't know enough about how it was flown and stuff to say i i, I have to be honest it's like i i think that i'm i think that i'm underestimating it because it just doesn't look that scary to me it looks annoying as shit don't get me wrong i mean it was like um but it just doesn't look that that scary to me like if if I were running, if I were running four T seventies against it, for example, um, I, I feel like I could do okay with it. Um, so, let me tell you, when as someone who's flown against this a lot, I, I probably have eight games, either competitive or casual, against a rack, against a decimator and four swarm. That's seven or eight. It's not scary. It doesn't get scary until you start realizing, holy God, I just stressed myself to get into a perfect kill shot position, and now I'm triple stressed for getting that kill, and I'm staring at a decimator with nowhere to go. Right. But there's the thing, though, is that every ship in Ollie's list has passive mods, so you can soak the stress. And the one thing, too, that I learned about, again, okay. from 1.0 with Whisper um, being outshot by Rack is just bump rack, right? So, you, like, so I, bumping I, rack doesn't do anything in this. Oh, uh, because you have Dauntless, right? He's got Dauntless. Well, it okay. keeps rack from shooting you. Yeah, it keeps rack from shooting you, right? Like, isn't that, that's the whole point, is, I mean, I, again. It, it, the way you generally do it is that the, the ties are spread out so that he's always bumping on a tie fighter. Meaning that unless you that you would have to get around intentionally bump, and then even then you're going to get vadered, and since you bumped, you don't have a defense. But here's the other thing. But here's the other thing too. If the ties are spread out like that, then these aces, and I'm not saying like they should, but there's a pretty good chance that they're going to pick a tie fighter off without Sloan being in range. 
Sloan is always in range. Sloan is always in range. Yeah, so read Sloan's. So everyone who hasn't played against this, reread Admiral Sloan. If the TIE Fighter is within 0 to 3 of Sloan, it does not matter what range you are of the TIE Fighter. Ah, you that's are right. In, Sloan is active. Mm. Right, so it's, right. It's, it's like Bodhi Rook. Like, you are, like, this is a gigantic bubble. It's yeah. it's range 6, essentially. Um, but even so, with those with those passive mods, you know, you can take an, an extra shot from Rack, and as soon as one of those TIE Fighters goes down... Um, especially with that list, I know Sloan is, is too stress, right? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it would take, I feel like a good player who's, who's good with aces, um, has the edge over this list, but I, again, you know, I haven't played the game in a million years. And of course I'm also coming largely from 1.0. I just, so. I, again, I, I feel like I'm just underestimating. I feel like I, um don't have a really strong idea of how the player is is going to play play the list um so so i, I don't feel like i can make i don't feel like i can comment on it very with in a very educated way i feel the same jeff to be honest with you like i'm trying to give my opinion but i also realize like you and i are are very much biased right like and yeah I, i'm almost certainly underestimating it as well so here's the th yes passive we all agree force is amazing and it is here's the thing Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisitor without the ability to add tokens are a lot easier to kill especially Vader all of us here know that if you can put it as soon as you put a stress on Vader like at all he's a hundred times easier to kill because he can't do anything at the end of his move. You know exactly where he's going to be. And then you just punch the shit out of him and you trade with him and go, I have more friends than you do. Right. But there's, and, but he, and if the grand inquisitor doesn't have any vade token, then he's, it, the inquisitor is such a more fragile platform. Well, it like does. That's, that's what it is about them. That's so ridiculous is the ability to go, Deny, is his ability to go deny your range bonus? I have an evade token, and I still have a force to modify my to modify an evade uh, a focus result. It then comes back to just kill rack. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. That would certainly be what I'd try to do. But I yep. mean, yeah, that's what you try to do. But he's seventeen health, and he shoots back, and he's stripping your tokens, or you're taking damage on a list that can't take hits. Well, this one's only 16 health for what it's worth. Right. Fair. Um, a Grand Inquisitor takes one hit from Vader. That's a quarter of his points. Yeah. Like, you're talking about a Vader. The the, the world's list is 15 health. But again, I, but again, Vince, you're... Nobody remember 14 health, actually. You're, you're playing into the list because out of the three ships being Grand Inquisitor, Whisper, and Vader, if you can sack... Um, the the Grand Inquisitor to to kill Rack or get him to the point where Vader you know Vader or Whisper can finish him off. Like I'm I would take that trade right, but of course you'd always take the trade right. Like a, a fully tooled up Rack for a single yeah, Grand Inquisitor, like it it comes down to flying. It really comes down to flying, but I think it can be done. Well, I mean the um who Niels Niels Vos went he went ten and zero. That is uh. That is impressive in, That's awesome. in any context. Um, the other one had a loss at some point, um, but uh, d two losses, I guess. Um, Ten and zero is there's there's obviously got to be something good to the list, and there are you know there's a there's a Darth and Suntir and Echo list in there. Two of them. Um, there's actually two of them. Yeah. Um, Rexler and Darth Vader, that's ballsy. That list was madness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's, it is, a, it is a strange list. I don't, I, like I said, I just don't feel like I can comment on it with any kind of education. I would encourage you guys to go find one of the games on Gold School on, uh, from that tournament and watch how this thing works. 
It is yeah. so much more impressive in action than it looks like on paper. The other thing is, once you're stressed, the entire like we talk about we talk about how runner and we talk about sinker and we talk about mass rerolls. As soon as you get, if, as soon as uh, Vader or the Grand Inquisitor take a stress on them, everyone has rerolls on him. Everyone. Yeah. That's what yeah. I mentioned earlier. That yeah. it's passive sensors, um, or it's passive mods, and that's that is always good. And yeah. I, you know, I I don't doubt that it's that it's impressive. The thing, the reason that I don't really want to go looking to watch a game against it is because I, I am afraid that I'll get first edition uh, post traumatic stress disorder flashbacks. <laughs> it, it really looks to me like a first edition list, yeah, and, that's and I think they're. I think FFG needs to take start taking steps to dial that back because there are a few lists lately we've been seeing that like that like the Fet Fet Fen is like that and a few others where things are just way too much in the combo wing sort of thing. Well, I'm not as much as I dislike Boba Fett in his current iteration. It's just the fact that he can purchase so many mods well yeah it's like you could that's easily fixed and they all work together like it doesn't really matter you could you can plug uh, i think you can put eight upgrades on a k-wing right but if you put eight upgrade upgrades on a k-wing what you've done is you've made a very expensive k-wing that dies like a k-wing yeah, it's and got nine health and one evade die, and no, and nothing natural. Yeah, um, and, and it's different when they combo together and provide you offense and defense and um, uh, maneuverability. Uh, post Jeff, you, you don't need to lecture me about Boba Fett. You know I have PTSD from him. Yeah, I, I just I, I think that FFG has they're starting to lose the way a little bit, and they need to. They need to rein that back. We're not talking necessarily about. I'm not talking necessarily about points adjustments because there's nothing wrong with Admiral Sloan when she's not mixed with ruthless Darth Vader and Triple Zero and BT One and Dauntless, right? Um, or Whisper. It's it's a matter of the combo wing, not not the points. I think this is probably this is probably the imperial version of, and it's not it's not as broken as Fat Han was, but this is the same thing. It's when you put this many upgrade slots on something, eventually people are going to find a way to make it crazy. Yeah, like Handbrake Han is what you're talking about, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. Handbrake Han. Like it's yeah. it's just the ability for this many upgrades to have to have effects all together is when you get in trouble. And it's the same, it's it's a medium ship with six upgrade slots. The Falcon has what, eight? Something ungodly. Seven just or eight? Rack yeah. has seven? Like, just so that we're clear, there's, on the other hand, in uh, rank five pre, pre-cut, there's a combo, there's a clear combo wing um, list that, I, I have to admit, I, I think it's hilarious and I think it's fun. Um, is this the Virgil Hayward uh, comedy hour of Ray it, it Rose, it Ray Rose, Holdo, uh, Cloak Device, and uh, the Blue Squad? Correct. Yeah. Um, that is clearly comboing. This is clearly not something that anybody ever foresaw in playtesting. I'm sorry to the playtesters out there. If you tell me that you foresaw this in playtesting, you're a liar. Um, but it's it's hilarious, I, I, and it's not it's it's stupid one e type combo wing, but it's not broken. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, like you, I could very easily argue that if you took Holdo off of Ray, there's nothing combo wing about him. There's nothing unintentional in combo wing about it. Yes, I agree. Because okay. because Ray Rose Finn is a is very obviously a designed interaction. Exactly, exactly. And Stealth Device plus Finn again the same thing. Yeah, it um, is very that is very reminiscent of 1.0. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. wasn't 1.0? What was it called? Wasn't the build called the Ray Gun? 
Death Ray. Death Ray. Death Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. It is very 1.0, but just to in the interest of showing that I do have biases, it's a one. It's a 1.0 list that doesn't bother me the way that the winner of this event bothers me a little bit. Not the winner no, the themselves. The list, right? is even with all these upgrades, Ray is still very fragile. Yeah. Not to mention the other ships are basically doing dick. I mean, yeah. They're, they do nothing. So, you know. It's you're, like, you're not expecting any kind of offense out of a no upgrade Colossus mechanic and a blue squad without optics or heroic. They're just like the goggles. No upgrade. He's got a cloaking device. Man. Sure. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, there's one list I want to talk about, or there's two lists I want to talk about. Uh, where are you? Where is it? Okay. Well. Hey, in, I uh, in in the Vassal League, I beat the droids. Remember, we talked about whether I should play the droids or. The other list. I, I took the droids and I did beat them. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about the guy who came in seventh in Swiss, eighth overall catch with uh, Wedge Han Jake. And specifically, yeah. I want to talk about Wedge. Is there is Wedge one of the one of the only aces in X Wing where people are actively avoiding putting points on him? Um, Kylo. I think Kylo takes the cake, I, but I, Wedge I is definitely in the top three. I don't know if people have been putting points on Kylo more than they just like putting points on other things. I feel like people actively don't put points on Wedge. They, but they actively don't put points into Kylo either, because for 75, I think he's 75 points, right? He's 76, but close enough. He's hit, like the Tarantula as a ship is so solid. Like, he's fine. Yeah. Right, yeah, and he's expensive too. I do think that everybody expects Wedge to be a priority target, and why give him upgrades that don't do anything for his defense? Because he is just going to die, and that's just going to give your opponent more points. So yeah. the Wedge Wedge is a trading piece. Why yes. Wedge is not Wedge is not the ship you expect to make it into the end game. Kylo, no, that's you expect to make it into yeah. the like you're so. supposed to run Luke and Wedge together, and Wedge is supposed to get traded out for somebody better. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, yes, in that respect, I think that's that's true. I just Wedge is a Wedge is a big orange number. I don't really think of Wedge as an ace. Um, okay, I can. Yeah. I, I I think I I think I call Wedge an ace just because. It's the same thing with Vader. You can put burners on him, and he is a double reposition ship. Right. And he's an I six re double reposition with arguably a pa with a passive mod. Like Wedge is a very good passive mod. He's just not an off. He's not a dice mod. Yeah. No, that's yeah, not. He's, he's, that's he's not right. Can you say it? Anyway, he's he's you know what he is. He's anti Fenral. That's what he is. You, you know what's really funny about this Wedge Antilles with Crackshot and Afterburners is um, not that it matters because Crackshot's such, such a bargain. Yeah. But Crackshot, Crackshot and Wedge are actually anti-synergistic. Why? It's a win more. Wedge takes away green dice and you're less likely to roll evades, which can then be Crackshotted. Yep. Um... Right, like, okay, like, yes, but Vince, how but, many times have you seen Wedge get to the point where he needs that one more damage to win a game? You do not want to ask me that question. Okay, okay, I know you played a lot of them. That's why I'm asking you. Is this like if, you, uh, if you're looking at it now? Because I remember you and I talked a lot about whether or not Wedge gets crack shot, and I think you maybe you were erring on like a cheaper Wedge. And I know one point is well, not. I'm, I'm a really big fan of Predator Wedge because I hate rolling four dice with Wedge and getting three damage. I fucking hate it. Um, Does getting that one more damage, that one damage on four dice, make you feel better? That, that, that one, doesn't go it, through to evade dice? It makes <laughs> such a huge difference. People, like... Oh, it's so huge. Like, if people really don't realize that if if you could find a way to, to reliably 
add a fourth damage to Wedge, he will probably never lose a one-on-one fight to another small shift. I mean that very seriously. I'm, I'm the number of times that I have had Wedge with Jan Ors just I've one tapped Vader with with the Jan buff on multiple equations, uh, multiple occasions. Like two damage, crack shot, focus lock, get off my board, don't ever come back. And so when when you only shoot four and you get like to you get you know hit hit blank focus and you know that spending that focus is gonna you're only getting one out of it when it could save you two is just so irritating. You you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean I follow what you're saying. It's just I, that I the I never get four hits and games regardless of how many red knights I have so um, there's another so. card in here that I want to talk about that I have never run ever I have never used Kanan crew in my life um that's interesting because doesn't he fit or I I don't I don't really remember his 2e card but in 1e he was uh he was awesome on Ray um Obviously, you can't be on Ray here, but what does so he do? Kanan says that when a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 performs a white maneuver, you may spend a force to remove a stress from that ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was big. He's good. He was big with Dash back in the day. Um, I mean, you know, it's just uh, keeps your dial way, way open. And, of course, he's got a... He's got a focus or a force, right? What's yeah. he got? He's fourteen. That's yeah. That's a lot. Because like, as soon as you say that, you know what you're, especially with wedge in a list. What's the first thing you're thinking of? Uh, uh, I can put a proton torpedo on wedge for Kanan. Right. Yep. yep. Uh, I mean, wow, fourteen's a lot. And not oh. only that. I can put a proton torpedo on a afterburner's wedge with a Jake in the list. Yeah. I, 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 look, I, all power to him. He kicked ass with it. Like, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad upgrade. I'm just, you know, is this rebels are the most? I would say you could argue that rebels and arguably even separatists are like the two most conventional factions. Are Rebel players maybe missing a trick with a lot of crew cards that we're not using? Well, I'll be honest well, with you, Vince. The trick looks like big orange numbers, at least for this list. It does. Yeah, it, it does. And you're it, you're absolutely right, Drew. Like it, it probably had a lot to do with the fact that it's two sixes and a double repo. Oh, by the way, uh, I get by with a little help from my friends, Jake Farrell. Um but it's not a high damage list. It's it's eight dice. But I mean, with one no, of them with only, with only Han's natural mod. Uh, I mean, sure, it's, it's eight red dice, but it's also getting rid of potentially two evades on the dice. It's getting rid of a die completely. So it's it's eight red dice that are effectively removing three green dice. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, and it's possibly nine red dice, you know, trick shot or whatever. I, I'm just interested to know how he flew solo. Like, how was he... What, what is it about Kanan? Was, is Kanan there just for the force? Or is there something he's doing with this list that he's ending up stressed a lot? Well, the way, uh, if I remember correctly, he flew a lot of debris clouds. So he was willing to just go over debris clouds to get his trick shot active. I think that I remember that. And then just also, you don't expect people to fly over debris. Yeah, true. It sounds like to me he was playing 4D chess because he knew that the top two guys were going to have Sloan. <laughs> but I'm very nice. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, the thing about it is that he can still only get rid of one stress. He just does it on a blue or a white. 
Yep, yep. Um, you know, it's I, I do I I agree with Drew mostly. It's it's this is basically just two sixes and a a, a coordinating four. And against okay. uh and against droids too, it has a very high chance of blowing away two vultures. Right, if Han and, and Wedge can get in close. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can, if you do get the range one trick shot with Han, it's really easy to roll two blanks on uh on on three greens. Uh, last thing, I want to go down to Guppy Jones at twenty. Great name, by the way. Fucking fantastic name. Uh, four Omega Squad experts with crack shot and optics. Backdraft crack shot and optics. What do we think of this? Uh, it beat the shit out of me at Sacramento. <laughs> what place is it again? I'm sorry. Uh, 20, yeah, 20th overall. He missed cut by a grand total of... It, it, it looks like one win essentially cost him cut. Dang. it's an interesting list. It's just a, it's a high offense list. That's a 30 hit points. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what caught me. That's what I was looking at first. I'm like, that's 30 health with a lot of guaranteed two damage every turn. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and two damage every turn will, will kill stuff. Two damage every shot will kill stuff. So, yeah. Do you I mean, think, I think the, probably... the kind of ordinary dial of the SF is probably what cost him here? I mean, the Thai SF in general, even the cheapest one, is ridiculous. It is... Oh, it's very efficient. It it's is extremely in, efficient. It is insanely strong. So, I, I think what likely cost him here is a time limit on games. I think that this is a list that, that when it loses, loses at time a lot. It just lost the damage race? Yeah, and and it's not really like it's lost the damage race. It's just behind the damage race, and it runs out of time to catch up. Yeah, you know, like um, I mean, that's what I think. Like I, when I lost to this, when Patrick was running it, um, and I was running the Jedi, I I didn't dance around right, and and I realized afterward that I definitely should have. If I can plink this list for a while. I'm going to get points. He's not going to get points. It's not going to be a, it's certainly not going to go to completion as far as the game goes. Um, but I'm going to be ahead on points if I, if I dance around it. And, uh, and I, I suspect that's how this list loses quite often. Anything else from this one we want to, we want to take a look at anything else catching your eye besides, uh, the hand of Vecna on our uh, on our special six scimitar squads with prox mines, which is just hilarious. That is hilarious. It's great. No, 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 I think we're good. All right, then it's time for me and Jeff to do what we do best, and that's uh, take shots at people who've done more for the community than we have. Uh, Jeff, tell us about your experience with Basil. Oh, hold on, real quick, real quick. I want to say, and I know a lot of people may or may not like want to skip over this segment if you guys are just going to rip on things, but I, you know, I don't play on Vassal, and you and Jeff brought this to my attention literally minutes before we started the podcast, and I think this is worth talking about. So, so oh, let okay, I I guess I came off a little cavalier there. I am I am not in a good place as far as my opinion of TTS right now. Um, I'm just telling everyone this. If people who've played against me probably have heard me remark on it far too many times at some point we're going to get somebody on here who knows about numbers and computers and is going to explain to me the virtue of computer rng but for the moment we're just going to talk about vassal and computer arcs yeah so just for the record i love vassal um i've been playing vassal since the beginning um since before muon was actually administrating Vassal and coding Vassal. I, I've been playing Vassal for that long. I played Vassal before X-Wing when I played Dungeons & Dragons Miniatures tactical game. Um, I love Vassal. Um, the issue that uh, that I had this morning, I had an 8 a.m. game this morning with the European player, and um, it, we were in a, a very close game. I had flown extremely well but we were in a very close game. 
I made a decision with my list, with my with one of my ships, based on my experience and eyeball, which is one of my strengths in X-wing. I'm I'm very good uh, at the table and on vassal in judging ranges and arcs and things like that. And I judged that this my ship had a shot on another important ship in arc, no question about it. So I passed on spending a focus token in defense, okay? Because I wanted to save it for a fully modified shot on this important ship of my opponents. So I go to check the arc in, in Vassal and no ships in range, no enemy ships in range. And I'm like, what the F? Um, and uh, so I do the thing that we've all done where I hold a piece of paper up and I'm, I'm holding the piece, piece of paper up. So it's on the arc line of my ship and it's not barely touching the enemy ship. It is literally overlapping the enemy, uh, uh, one quarter of the enemy ship's base. Yep. Um, so by the way, these pictures that I took are up on uh, the wide world of war gaming uh, Facebook page. So feel free to take a look at those. I, I, I actually took pictures. I used a, a snippet sketch program to actually put a ruler up placing the arc. And you can see that the arc in Vassal is actually bent. Yes, it's not the, the um, I want to reiterate that your the ruler that you used was in is is in the computer. You didn't actually like hold a piece of paper it's up to your screen. You hold up a two by four. You yeah, hold up a two by four to the screen. <laughs> it's, it's part of the it's part of the computer program. It's and it's lined up with the um, with the arc so that you can see how the arc diverges. So so this ship is is out of out of the arc that Vassal actually measures invisibly or visibly if you throw it up, but it's in the arc that you can see with your naked eye, right? So this arc information is the only information that we have to go by when we're playing Vassal. It's very important. These are how we make judgments yep. on, you know, it, it's, it's important. Those two things have to match. So I thought that the, because for various reasons that are completely understandable, Vassal's gone through growing pains with this, with making the arcs actually work. The arcs, for example, used to be a full 90 degrees. That was wrong, right? It took a while before yep. it yep. was figured out. That and was it was wrong. actually changed. It was, some, it was something in-game. Everyone came to the table and was like, yeah, so this is not correct. Right. So this is not a matter of I... I'm mad because the arc is narrow. I'm mad because the arc, because the ship was out of my arc. This is a matter of I'm mad because the arc as printed on the ship in Vassal does not match the arc as thrown forward when you tell Vassal to throw forward an arc. With the little laser scope that it has. That's that's a major thing. That's That just shouldn't, you can't. You can't trust a competitive in a competitive game that does that. And especially when one of the big selling points of Vassal is its precision. Right. Um, that I mean that that's always been one of the things that you would take Vassal over TTS for. Is that while some people will find the interface a little more clunky depending on your preference, uh, Vassal generally is more precise. And that's because it's to a degree simpler. Yeah. Um, the, like, so, you look at that picture; it's not even close. And and it it isn't that it's off a little bit and consistently off. It literally the 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 angle that it's off increases as the as it gets further from the ship base because the arc as Vassal throws it forward is bent. Yep. It, it doesn't follow the arc line on the ship counter. Now, I don't know if it's easier or better to change the arc as it's shown on the on the ship counter, or if it's easier and better to change the arc as it's thrown forward in Vassal. 
All I know is those things really need to match. Right, and the the what you were saying about having to rely on the information at hand. You had a judge watching this game, didn't you? No, no, no. I, I reported it. I actually stopped the game. I said, I don't know what to do about this. The, my opponent actually agreed that I had to ship an arc, but we didn't feel like we could ignore Vassal telling us that it didn't have it in arc, right? Yeah. So I was like, well, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll save the game. I'll provisionally concede. I'll go tell um, Mega Silver in the, the Vassal tournament chat. Um, and that's what I did. And to this, at this point, I am still waiting for some kind of official word on it. Um, I don't know what form that'll take. Um, yeah. But uh, this just, you know, this, it's not like it's a huge deal. Obviously, it's a game. Obviously, there's, we're not playing for money, anything like that. But this is a, this cost me a ship for, for no gain when that did not have to happen. It isn't, I did not make a mistake in my judgment of ARC. I was correct in my judgment of ARC, and Vassal is incorrect in where it puts the ARC. And that cost me a ship in this game, and almost certainly no chance of, of winning the game because it was already very close. So you asked Vassal, uh, will you save us? And Vassal whispered back, no. No, yeah. Little so this, there for people who don't know. This reminds me of a conversation I've had regarding uh, how a, a different, it's not the same situation. It just reminds me of the conversation I had with certain people regarding how cheating should be handled in 40K. Not that I'm accusing anyone of cheating. I want to, right off the bat, but how TOs and judges have to handle certain things like this to maintain the integrity of their event. They are when you pay. Did you you paid money for this tournament, correct? No, 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 free tournament. Oh no, okay, so you did not. Yeah. All right, I'm going to refer. Then I'm going to say in in the abstract, if this had been a paid tournament, I think the I, I think you guys should have stopped playing. So you should have saved the game and stopped playing and waited until you had gotten a ruling either way before continuing. Because yeah, if this is I mean, if that's basically what we did do. Right. And yeah. because the judge has to decide, okay, this program is incorrect, very obviously. This is infringing on the integrity of the event I am running, and people have paid money with the expectation that the event will be run fairly. I, I would expect a, that the TO is going to come back to you guys and say, this is a obviously legal shot. I don't care what the computer says. Uh, go back and play from that moment on. To me, is the only fair way for this to proceed. Well, we've yeah. seen we've seen this in real in real life before, where people measure and with certain range rulers, especially back in the day. You know, the range oh, ruler was bent. Yeah, it was it was bent, and in with your range ruler, you don't have the shot, or you're out of range. But with my range ruler, it seems to be a little bit longer, and I do have the shot. And so, you know, obviously in those situations, the question becomes, you know, okay, well, whose range ruler are we using? Um, as a judge of X-wing, I'm not, I don't know, I wouldn't consider myself a good judge, but I have judged X-wing events, including system opens before. Um, and I do feel like in even, you know, this is a tournament, right, Jeff? Even if it's Correct. a free tournament, um, I do feel like every tournament should have a judge somewhat on call, right? Um, or this it's needs... online event. Yeah. Um, and, and to just come on in and be like, hey, so the computer is actually incorrect, right? Like you are in ARC. Um, we, we see that here where, it, where you are in ARC, Jeff. Um, but it's just one thing where it's like, you know, where is the line drawn? Do the people running the tournament um, know that the arcs with the little laser sight, right? You have your, you have your score ship on it and then you click to the range finder to see, and it gives you range one, two, and three of the color of whatever faction you have, right? Um, that is what we're talking about. That is not the actual arc of the ship, the shooting arc. It's, I mean, it's not the arc of the ship as 
as it is on the game piece. So it is the arc of the ship as the programming of Basil reads the arc of the ship. Um, so, oh, that's interesting. So, so what the is the question, the, the question becomes, is it, is it fair when you are supposed to judge things like range and arc and uh, maneuvers? You're supposed to judge those using your experience and spatial awareness based on the cues that are on the game table that you're allowed to use. Is it fair or or legitimate when those cues on the game table, the only ones you're allowed to use, are incorrect? Yeah. Um, and, and that's just, you know, this is a free tournament, but Vassal is home to a lot of really, really good world-class X-Wing players. And um, that that is a question that, that they need to... They need to work out i mean uh i would certainly not i i certainly don't until this is fixed i don't have any interest in in playing a competitive uh excellent tournament again in basel i have a quick question uh, for you jeff yeah um so obviously we, we we know the difference between in the game the the laser arc and then the cardboard supposed like the digital cardboard that's on your square um playing so much x-wing which do you think is correct is the in-game cardboard the correct arc or is the the bent arc the the laser arc is that what we play in like in real life is that I think that the what Vassal throws out, I think that the laser arc is probably closer to correct. Um, the uh, apparently the Vassal images for the ships are a little bit stretched, so the so the arcs are a little bit uh, the angle is a little bit wider than they're supposed to be. Now this was a known thing. Again, this was. This was a known thing that went through discussion and I thought was fixed a few years back. Um, so it, this isn't exactly new. It's it's actually come up before that the arcs were had to be retooled and readjusted. I was just shocked to find out that they are still not just off, but off by a significant amount. I mean, this is when you... If you folks listening look at the pictures, Wide World of Wargaming. Again, um, we are going to post them so everyone can see and have their own opinion. Um, this is off significantly, um, and I don't, I don't think it's going to matter very much to, to the play of the game, which one they choose to decide is actually correct, whether they adjust what's printed on the on the ship token to match what's actually thrown out by Vassal or whether they adjust what's thrown out to Vassal to match what's printed on the ship token. I don't think that will actually matter much to the play of the game. I think that what matters is that what's printed on the ship token is reliable. So I think that's they, good, uh, they, have to, they have to match. Whichever one changes, they have to match. I think that's as good a line as any to end on. Uh, all we ask for is reliability in our information. I don't think that's. I don't. I don't see anything untoward about asking for that. So, uh, we are going to put those up. We encourage everyone to comment and what you think should be done, and uh, any you know problems you foresee in correcting this. We will be back next week, hopefully joined by Mr. Nick Sperry of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I am efforting that. Uh, other than that, gentlemen, sign off as you prefer. Yeah, have a good week. Uh, Drew muted himself. I'm going to unmute him. <laughs> My apologies. I'm, I'm painting miniatures while I'm doing this. Um, but I just wanted to say real quick. Um, the uh, Oh, my God. I just forgot what I was going to say. Dang it. Okay. Never mind. Bye. <laughs> oh, oh job, we, we were having technical difficulties putting the photos up before the episode. So that's why they haven't been posted yet.
Uh, they will go up with they will go up long before this episode is posted on Monday. Oh, there we go. All right. Thank I just want to double check. Cool. Thank, Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. We will talk to you next week.